When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and joining me today, it's the return of AJ, a.k.a. at Return of AJ on Twitter. What's up, AJ? What's up, man? AJ Hayfley, back in person, got your Yard Goats hat on, you're ready to go to talk all things Rockies, WBC, player preview of Kyle Freeland, Ellie Harris Montero, and Ryan McMahon. You ready to go? Yeah. Yeah. Um... The WC, the WBC got me jacked for baseball. Right? So it it was very exciting. Yeah. I was not, uh, I was not into it. Uh, I didn't watch any of like the round robin stuff. Sure. Get into it. Um, obviously, I'm a little busy uh, with my day bit. job at the moment, <laughs> uh, with the abs playing every other day. So, um, but no, the, uh, when, when they got into the elimination, you know, of WBC, I mean, the games were just phenomenal. They're great. They were they, they were just must must watch and seeing the enthusiasm from the players. I think how much they cared about it uh, was just kind of a reminder uh, for for just sports fans in general that there's just nothing quite like athletes getting the opportunity to represent the country that they come from. Yeah, in an international stage like that. Yeah, um, we know you know in in obviously in the hockey world the NHL players are banned from the Olympics right now and. Right. Um, it's a huge thing. Like it's a huge sure. point of contention, and uh, it's such an opportunity to grow the game. And seeing baseball have such a wonderful WBC be completely undersold locally. Like there were like I, so many people just didn't even know it was going on, and sure, and and it just felt like what a what a wonderful baseball experience was wasted on. And, and the WBC was born out of the fact that baseball was eliminated from the Olympics. So yeah. they kind of had to do it themselves. And so, you know, maybe someday, you know, hockey ends up doing something like that. It was funny. I think Connor McDavid. They, they was, are attempting to. Yeah. So. Oh, that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. I think it wasn't a Connor McDavid who was either asked about it or was just kind of said unpromptedly, like, yeah, WBC was pretty great. And it's like, wow, people in other sports are actually talking about baseball and still can't stop buzzing about Otani, Trout, Japan, Otani, Otani, and Otani. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a seminal moment for, the, for a sport that has lacked buzz Yeah, for a really long time to see people really, really excited about it like that. Yeah. You know, and getting, a, getting the Otani-Trout matchup, like watching Twitter that night. Right. You know, watching watching people anticipating it because they could see it coming. Oh. You could see it coming. People are talking about it in the eighth inning, and you're like, uh-huh. "Here it comes!" And just when when you've captured kind of that cultural moment, it becomes such a, a touchstone for you uh, as a sport that you can always point back to and be like, "Otani Trout, like, come on." That was it. Where were you? Yeah, in, and and in March. the result of that, like, it, to be honest, if you were so caught up in the United States winning that you couldn't appreciate that moment, I mean, that was a that was a damn that sucks if you're rooting for the United States, but like, ultimately, it felt like what an what a tremendous game, what a tremendous WBC, and uh, to finish it out with arguably the two most talented players 
in the world going head to head. Like that's literally what it was all about. It I I I was thinking just as you're saying that, you're like, you know what? Yeah, USA, we lost, Japan won, but in the in the best possible fashion with the best guy on the mound, the best player in the world, and you go, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I don't think the reverse would have been true in 2001, or rather, what actually happened. We, we, had, we had the Yankees losing to the Diamondbacks in 2001. I think that also would have been true, even though Diamondbacks was their first World Series and, and since their, their only World Series appearance and their only World Series win. But had the Yankees won in 2001, a month or two after 9-11, I think they would have kind of been okay with like, yeah, you know, this... Yeah. This goes for the story for the world and, and for our yeah. country and the nation. It's that that's kind of bigger. a similar thing of like it's it's bigger and, yeah. and Japan winning and, and Otani doing in that fashion was amazing. The 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 ratings came out and they were, you know, off the charts. They were they were really, really positive. So yeah. uh, even even here in America, as you said, even though it was a little bit undersold, it was really positive. Just stop with FS one. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was kind of strange. What's not strange. Although it was not the way I was going. I thought it was going to be Kyle Freeland. was announced this morning. Bud Black went with Herman Marquez as the opening day starter. This is now his third opening day start. First pitcher to start three opening days. Breaks a 10-way tie with, gosh, I don't know that I could just name all of them off the top of my head. Kevin Ritz, Mike Hampton, Daryl Kyle, Jason Jennings, Aaron Cook, Jorge De La Rosa. Did I say Kevin Ritz? Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say him again later. John Gray, Man, Kyle Freeland, Jorge De La Rosa, and Kevin Ritz. That, uh, <laughs> those are some dark years. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, Marquez, you, uh, we were talking beforehand. Would you, would you have gone Freeland or would you have gone Marquez? And also, is it that big, is that big of a difference, that big of a deal that one gets over the other? Um, I would have gone Freeland. Um, do I think it's that big of a deal? No. Um, yeah, I, I think like opening day starter has become kind of a overblown thing, um, you know. But I'm also a person that likes all the changes that baseball's making. Sure. So Same. like I understand that I'm I'm a monster in the community. Well, um, well, do you also consider yourself? I would I would think you do kind of a traditionalist, kind of a historian. But yet you are also flexible because that's that's how I view myself. I was like, no, I'm old school. But then something new school comes around and I go, yep, I'm going to adopt that like because it makes sense, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I've been pushing for the universal DH for most of my life. Sure. <laughs> um, mostly because I just couldn't imagine a sport taking itself seriously while... <laughs> pitchers. Well, while, POs, while, pitchers while only. Half, of, half of your sport plays by different rules. And yeah. thus, they build their rosters differently, and they have different advantages. And yeah. it wasn't like a, oh, what a fun quirk. I was like, this is stupid. The rest of the baseball world also doesn't let the pitchers hit. I mean, all the way from Little League to high school in Japan, they all use DH. College baseball, DH. So yeah. it, that makes sense. To, to me, I was always just like, it, imagine any other sport where, depending on where you are, like the rules are just different. And why is that? Well, they just are. So, uh, I, you know, um, I guess, I guess, I don't consider myself too much of a traditionalist uh, because I think that changes it, it changes healthy when it comes to sports, where yeah. leagues get really, really bogged down and, and obsessed with their own product that they think it's too good to be changed. It's above being reformed to made be- to be made better. And uh, you know, baseball and hockey are my two favorite sports, and. They're the two sports that you can argue do that the most, where they're like, "Sure, no," and 
hockey like hockey going to 3v3 overtime i think was wonderful for it because it's it's and, and there are people now i work with one of them rudo the true monster <laughs> uh who hates it and thinks it's boring and stupid and we should bring back ties but but it's not boring uh well it's certainly not what it used to be but it, yeah. anyway like and and like I love the I love the runner in the tenth inning and stuff. Like I love I, like let's finish games. Like yeah. let's I get it. And I would never touch. I would never consider it for the postseason. Agreed. Um, in Agreed. the same way that you would never consider three v three in a in hockey in the postseason. It's perfect. Leave it as is. Because if you can't beat the team in regulation or even in, again in overtime or extra innings, then that is a penalty that you should suffer. Where your players are tired, they're more fatigued. The pitchers are. You know, got got. Yeah, I mean, it's they've just spent a, more of their bullets, and that's going to impact you in the next round. Yeah, you just so that's it fair. Out. Yeah, in the postseason, no, I think it's I think it's great. I you have to win the games. And yeah. It's got to be. Yeah, see, Jay, it was great until coaches killed it. Killed they didn't kill three v three guys. Jay in the comments, yeah, they there still go. the three v three still has more awesome games than not, but there are some slow ones now. So AJ Manny's kind of hitting on something here in our, our chat on the DNVR Sports Channel on YouTube. Uh, Mike Hampton must have been your guy because when he was in the game, it, it was like there was a designated hitter right there. He, he was the him. Otani. I did love him. Hamptoni. How has that nickname not been a thing? Can we get Eric to work on something? Can we? Do you think we could sell a Mike Hampton shirt? Hamptoni? He I don't was think, the original guy. I don't think we could sell that to Mike Hampton. <laughs> His family? No, not even no. At, a, at a Hampton reunion? No. The Hampton family union is not buying any of the Hamptoni shirts. That's a shame. Uh, what's not a shame is Charlie Blackman's kind of on the road to recovery. He's going to get a couple uh, at-bats here in a minor league game, according to Thomas Harding of MLB. CJ Crone's going to have a full practice, so a little fielding and batting practice. No concern that even though we're a little bit less than a week away, it's next Rip. Thursday in San Diego, they're going to be uh, to good to go. All the old we guys hope. will be ready. We hope, yes. Uh, average time of game is down for the Rockies right now. Uh, for the Rockies, it's been two hours, 37 minutes through their uh, first 25 games. Last year is at 2.58, so we're down 21 minutes or 12%, and that's a lot of fixing of you know, batting gloves, stepping mm. out of the box, yeah. wiping your eye, going to the back of the rubber. Are you? How are you liking the the pitch clock rule so far from what you've seen early on in spring training, or at least of what you've heard? It's funny. Um, uh, I was actually just having this conversation yesterday with my wife about it, uh, who I is still like a like in the early stages of baseball fandom. Sure. Where we go to like games together, but when it's on TV, she's kind of like in and out of them. Go Winnipeg Golden and Eyes, by the way. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we actually uh, got our bobblehead. We're going to uh, oh, yes. We're gonna go to uh, Reggie Abercrombie night on uh, wow. August 11th. Let's yeah. go. All time great Winnipeg Gold Eye, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, um, but like we were, I was talking to her about it because I was telling her that um, you know she's one of the people like has a pace of a pace of play problem sure and i was telling her that um the sports illustrated i was just reading something on sports illustrated that uh the average time from spring training games last year was just a shade over three hours uh it was three hours in a minute and the average spring training game this year is down to about two and a half yeah so tracks with your rockies numbers as well um and i like hockey games are two and a half hours basketball games are like 215 like you're talking. Uh, it's uh, to me. I think it's it's tremendous progress. Um, I, you obviously want to see how it's going to play out right. competitively and how they. You know, we saw. We you know, you saw Max Scherzer trying to push the rules and the limits, and that's healthy. Like those guys need to find the angles where they can. You know, I, 
<laughs> quick pitching a guy I think is going to be a really interesting uh, a really interesting dynamic this year. Um, but I'm I'm all about the uh, the increased uh, pace of play and it it just getting a move on. I, I I was never really all that romantic about how much time got wasted. Yeah, I, I I understand you know a guy stepping out. There's like a game there, and you're trying to mess up a guy's rhythm and this and that. But um, in in terms of it being compelling theater, it just really wasn't. Um, it was just you're watching a guy like redo his batting gloves a lot, and you're like, dude, that that's the keyword compelling because I I have. I, I'll go to the movies to see a three-hour film. I'll see a four-hour film if it's good, right? But if it's not compelling, it's like we could have we could have edited a lot of things out. There's a couple of deleted scenes in there, and all those step-outs, right? All those little different nuanced things that goes on that you go, there's no action. Those are deleted scenes. Cut those things out. And yeah. so I think baseball is doing that, and they've already made a couple tweaks, and uh, there's going to be potentially some restrictions on bat girls and bat boys. Uh, we had talked about that and. Uh, earlier on in spring training, the first game that I witnessed, you know, there was a kid running behind home plate while Ty Block was throwing a pitch because the kid had to run, you know, behind in foul territory to go to the first base coach to grab a shin guard and run back. And so they're they're going to make you know different rules uh, to make sure that there's tweaks so you can't do a lot of the fast pitch. They've already kind of implemented that assures a rule, mm. so you know you can't necessarily do that. So yeah, and I think, I think it's we're going to we're going to continue to watch these rules as they develop throughout the year. As, as guys find the edges that they can right. push. And I think, to me, I think that's going to be an interesting game within the game. It's fun. That develops from those rules. You know, not, not that I, you know, loved the old game within the game of trying to mess up a guy's rhythm and the timing and all that. Uh, but it, I, I will be interested to see what develops out of it. And hopefully it's not bad. Yeah. Because the biggest reason that people don't like to do things is because the fear of unintended consequences. So we'll just we'll see how it develops, but I think it's off. I think it's off to a, a good start. Also, in it's, the, it's it's off to an encouraging start. I want to. Oh say. yeah, like, I think so. I think yeah. I think everyone's liked it. That is that has seen it. We're even seeing in the chat here on the DNVR Sports Channel on YouTube that people are coming around to it. Like again, it's something that you know the the idea of it. You go ah, if if I'm going to the game. I'm okay with it being three hours or 3.15 or maybe even 3.30. I'm hanging out with some friends. We're talking. We're BSing. We're not going to go home until the final out. And, and that's great for that. So sure, that those moments are going to get impacted. But what about when you're at home and you got work the next day and you want to catch the end of that game? Or you mm. want to see some highlights from the West Coast, whether you know, you're know you watching Otani and Trout, whatever it is. So uh, I think people are, are, uh, are, are adjusting to it. Uh, they're, they're figuring out. I think they're going to realize it. They're also not even going to notice that. That's happening. There's going to be people in June going to a ball game, their their fifth one of the year, and going, oh yeah, you know what? First base does look a little bit bigger. Yeah, it, it was slightly larger, so you know we we shouldn't have that much issue over that. Um, the the pitch clock is kind of similar to that. I think the the base is being bigger is about as inside baseball as it gets. Like sure. that has to be a thing you care about. For me, I'm all about it because I loved the running game. Uh, it was one of my yeah, favorite, that's nice. It's one of my favorite parts of baseball was the running game and watching it just disappear. Um, in my lifetime, so guys could try and hit home runs has been awful. Yeah. Well, we are not going to disappear here at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax in New York. But what is going to disappear is 15% off your tab when you are a diehard food and drink. You get that. Uh, also, when you sign up each and every year, you get a, you get a new shirt. That's so fantastic right my, there. My roommate comes down and makes sure that he gets his 15% every time. It's great. There's literally like just a magic number that you go like, all right, if I go this often, like it's free. And then I'm also getting a free shirt. And then I'm also getting 20% off DNVR Locker if I want to buy some gear for myself or friends and loved ones. Or if you're going to one of the takeovers, April 29th, for the first time in, in a long time. 
people are excited about Diamondbacks and Rockies. You know, I <laughs> so I can't hard commit to it because the Avalanche may or may not have an important game that day. We uh, but if there is no Avs game that day, I am a thousand percent at that takeover. AJ's I'm on the so bus. Ex- I'm so excited for there it. There you go. All I'm right. So excited. AJ's bussing. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, we got an exclusive shirt that'll be coming out just for that. Uh, you'll get a little you know, ticket for uh, get a discount on some of your food and everything. It's it's such a great deal. And then access to the diehards only Discord where we're talking about, you know, all the major sports, hiking, and people are doing skiing and snowboarding, helping each other out, giving each other free lift tickets, things like that, and, and then pro wrestling too. I know you don't dive into that one that much, but but once in a while, yeah. I think I feel like I've seen you've in the I, past. I hang out in the Rockies chat every once in a while. You do. Um uh, I mostly stick with the avalanche, but that's mostly because I have to try and wrangle those crazy people. <laughs> they don't talk about the, they don't talk about hockey very much in there. No, our, uh, our Rockies group no, is good. Man. The Rockies group talks Rockies, and I don't. I we can't talk about what they talk about on the Abs channel. <laughs> this is a family show. Okay, uh, a family beer is Breck Brew. How about that for a segue? Uh, avalanche Ale, very fitting. We got AJ here covers uh, the Avalanche for DNVR. Avs, DNVR Avalanche. It's a classic American pale that uh, blends chocolate, caramel malts. Uh, absolutely delicious uh, all times of the year. Yeah. Still still the R- reigning... Rudo drinks one every game. St- well, it's still the reigning Stanley Cup championship beer. I mean, that that's it. It's the Avalanche Ale. That's right, it and is. And they're, they're still running it. They're, they're going to go back to back. What's the, what's the percentage of not only Avalanche Ale being the best beer for another year, but the Colorado Avalanche... In being the best hockey team, winning the Stanley Cup is it? Is it over? Is it in the sixty percentile mark? Perhaps. I was gonna put it more like ten. What? Yeah. You're you're not having confidence, huh? I mean, I mean once you're in the postseason, it is a new season. Yeah, it's they the Avs are always come with the asterisk of injury because sure. it just hasn't ended for them. Like just just the other day, they're missing seven regulars out of their lineup. Like it's it rough. Doesn't, it doesn't end, man. <laughs> So if they get those guys back, they are very, very, they're the team to be. Sure. If they don't, uh, they'll get beat by somebody. Yeah. Well, I, I know it's, uh, it's a bummer to find all your favorite Avs players in the, in the training room, uh, banged up a little bit. But you can find Avalanche Ale uh, just by going over to breckbrew.com in the Breck Brew locator to find an Avalanche Ale near you. <laughs> I see your head nodding back and forth here. True uh, that. At, at my segues and my yes and improving. Uh, Jive Hive, J I V E H Y V E, Uber Eats for marijuana. It's amazing. Low overhead because it's not a brick and mortar because they deliver it to you, to your doorstep. Schedule something or you can make a same day order and they'll deliver it to you. Super discreet. So no one in your neighborhood knows, no one that you work with, no one in your general community will know uh, because it's your business, not theirs. So Jive Hive will go ahead and deliver that to you. It's fantastic. You can avoid driving through bad weather and snow. We still got April and May to get through for that last little bit of snow, but it, it's trending upwards still, which is great. It's going to snow tonight. Is it? Yeah. Uh, I, didn't, I, was gonna, I was trying to get my car washed yesterday, and then I looked at the forecast and was like, never mind. Forget it. I'll wait till Sunday. All right, so there you go. It's the weekend. It might snow tonight. Roads mm. are going to be bad. Get yourself scheduled a delivery from jivehive.com, J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com. Uh, they're serving in Monument, Falcon, Peyton, Fountain, Woodland Park, Security, Widefield, Aurora, and Greenwood Village. That's Jive Hive, J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E. I'm glad you enjoyed the World Baseball Classic. We had a couple uh, Rockies guys that were in there doing their thing. Um, Freeland and Bard, you know, it's yeah. nice to have have them back. Bard, yeah, that was... 
Uh, obviously, a little disappointing that uh, that went down. But but there have been some really good spring performers, uh, you know, for the Rockies. Chris Bryant has looked really solid as far as outfielders. Jonathan Daza, are you encouraged a little bit that at least Chris Bryant is healthy? But then on top of that, he's also playing well. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm encouraged that he's healthy. Um, I am a big time preseason is completely irrelevant in every sport. If you cite a preseason stat to me, my eyes will glaze over and I will stop taking that conversation seriously. I just preseason for me is just totally irrelevant because you've seen so many times um, guys have great preseasons in all different sports and it just doesn't, it just doesn't matter. I'm going to challenge you on that because Zach so, Veen has seven stolen bases. Okay. Thoughts? I mean, he <laughs> tries to steal a base every time he gets on. Fair. That's how he's been since the moment he was drafted. He he gets on first and he can't not. He's I, got a good success rate. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, he just can't. No, I'm I love Zach Bean. Um, and I think he's gonna be um, Breath of fresh air. I mean, I think he's gonna be I was probably higher on him a year ago than I am today because I want to see him put on weight and keep it. Power. Um, yeah. because uh, as as much as I like the running game, it's way more advantageous to hit doubles than singles and then try and steal second. So uh, I want him to grow into that power a lot more. And he right now he has not put on the kind of weight that his frame would suggest he could hold. He's obviously still a baby in terms of adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he uh, he's he's still in the early stages of that uh, physical maturation period where. Unfortunately, there's nothing you can do to speed it up. That's a, right. you literally just have to wait for that to happen. But all the rest of his skills that he's worked on, I think you should only be encouraged that he's at least going to be a regular. Yeah, if, if you if you look at extremes, you say, are you okay with him being more Juan Pierre? Or would you want him being more like, let's say, a guy like Mark Reynolds, where you're going to get that home run? And maybe that's not uh, a, a fair comparison. Extremes. But but as far as talent goes, you go, oh, Juan Pierre was really good. Well, Mark Reynolds was actually really good too. Yeah. Would you rather the power or would you rather just the speed? And in a weird way, you go, uh, I like Juan Pierre maybe more than Mark Reynolds, but right now in 2023, you'd, you'd rather the 25 home run consistency, 30 home run consistency. We even saw yeah. 35 out of Mark Reynolds. You'd rather that. Well, and it's, it's more like, uh, can you get 20 of each out of him. Can you get 20 yeah. home runs and 20 steals out of him? You'd love that. Or is it going to be, if you try and get 30 home runs out of him, is it going to mean that you get five steals out of him? Um, so it's it's that balancing act of what's the most valuable overall profile from him. Because when, you, when, when, when you're when you going to add weight, the base stealing is just going to go down. Like, you're going to have to be... You're, you're gonna, I mean, you're just going to... There's just going to be a trade-off there for him. So, sure. Um, I'm excited, though. I mean, he's... Yeah. It's not all about speed, obviously, with him. He's a very smart base runner, and that's why he's as successful yes. as he is. It's not he even the speed. He very the much understands IQ. it. Yeah. So, um, because he's not, I mean, if you look at, uh, like, run times and so he's not. No. He's not an elite runner. He's, he's an above-average runner who makes, who produces great results because he just understands what he's doing. And that's where I'm most encouraged by him. Yeah. So. Uh, are you encouraged by the Rockies as a whole? There's been a lot of discussion in the Rockies community about potentially there being 100 losses. I think Mike Petriello uh, today even just uh, just had something wow, about it. Wow, what a shock! <laughs> but uh, he enjoys his projection systems. But that, I mean, that guy—that guy feels it feels like that guy. And there's a handful of them that just get bored. Don't say Dan Zimborski. I mean, I, I think he's fair, but he does like Duncan on the Rockies. Well, and, and he's okay. He's the other one where 
they they just don't have anything to talk about on social media, and so they're like, "Let's dunk on the Rockies." This is an easy and popular thing to do. Ugh, I'm okay with it. I'm I'm okay with both those guys, but but hundred losses. Ooh, what have you thought about that yet? Do you have a win total that you you think the Rockies will have this year? Uh, no, because I just think that there are so many unknowns. Um, you know, between what are you going to get out of Chris Bryant? Mm-hmm. Um, what are you going to get out of Tovar? You know, they're, what are you going to get out of some of these other guys that that could be playing that could be regulars for you when you have a couple of different injuries? Um, you don't love to be coming out of spring training with a major injury in Brendan Rodgers already. That's just straight up bullshit to start off. Um, and that that's the that's that happening in spring training is like, all right, universe is trying to make this happen. <laughs> yeah. And then Dick Mumford saying, hey, we're going to get Brad Hand. We're going to get Mike Moustakis. We're going to get Jerickson Profire. You know, man, I didn't mind the Jerickson Profire thing. Destiny be damned. Moustakis was irrelevant, but the Jerickson Profar thing, I was like, yeah, I get it. It's a nice signing. Yeah. I get it. He's a good player. Yeah. And you hope that they figure out how to actually trade people at the trade deadline. That's the thing, right? Yeah. No faith, but That's that thing. would be the whole point. Like, okay, this makes sense. Would you sign up for. 52 wins, so you're losing 110 if Dude. if Dude. you trade five players for prospects. And again, you might not be getting back top 100 guys for, for you know in all of these deals, but would you trade a 110-loss season for five trades where you're getting back future pieces? Uh, how many top 100s am I getting? Two. But But other guys that could be... Trevor Story wasn't really a top 100 guy. And we saw what he was able to do. Well, let's say like... You need those pieces. Let's say like uh, top 100s, but like how many top 10s out of I'll other I'll give you systems? one top 50 and... Oh, you're, you'll get, a, you'll get a, a couple. You'll get three top 10 system guys. Are they arms or are they position players? A little bit of each. Oh. Your, whatever favorite combination you Man, want. Um, I probably would. Yeah. I probably would just... What's the difference between 99 losses and 110 losses? I mean, there is something... What's the difference between getting those really good prospects and not having them? Well, we're kind of seeing it right well, now. And, and then it's not just it's not just that with the 110 losses, but you're also sure. probably picking quite high in next year's draft. Which is, I'm checking so. my notes, a good thing. That's not necessarily yeah, a bad thing. Well, because, I mean, you're, they're, right now they're trying to make hay with the eighth pick every year, and that's... Sure, you're gonna get a good player, but and then with the draft lottery, they they end up getting you know you could get bumped back, which which ended up happening uh, this year with with the lottery that they've got going on. So yeah, I don't the Rockies and and, and besides there's some there being so many unknowns, it's it's the Rockies and it's Coors Field and it it's so hard to quantify that. Yeah. So every year you, you go, just, oh, they bring back the same team, so of course they'll be a little bit better or a little bit worse, and then the opposite happens, and so all right, they seem to be destined for a hundred losses. They're gonna go out and probably win seventy and go. They're two wins better than last year. Yeah, without Rodgers, like, all right, like that would not surprise. Yeah, me. I mean, without Rodgers, but with Bryant, um, mm-hmm. no Jose Iglesias is shortstop, but with whatever you're gonna get out mm-hmm. of Zeke Tovar, where limited Sensatella too, you know, because he's hurt, he's coming back. You lost Bouchard and you lost Gilbreth, so I mean, it, it is pretty much running back the same team. So, yeah. but they win two two more games. You go. Wow. Okay, they did it. Like that's just a variability. That's baseball. But Black is, yeah. you know, does a good job of of getting a little bit more out of those yeah, guys too. A great job of getting seventy wins a year. 
What is that supposed to mean? Um, no. So <laughs> means if you're trying to get 70 wins, he's your man. You know what game time tickets means? It means saving on your tickets to any event. It means getting really good seats. Whether you're going to be rinkside, courtside, 50-yard line, behind home plate, or maybe even just to get in through the front door, whatever it is, you can do that up to 60 minutes before the start of an event. Uh, you can use code DNVR, I think, or you can really just hit the, the link uh, that we've got in our description. That's really the best way to dive right in there to game time tickets. Uh, there's already some really good deals on Rockies tickets this year, believe it or not. For some reason, people want to go to the, the game on April 6th, uh, a week after opening day, and then no one wants to go on the 7th, 8th, or 9th. It's uh, strange. I think it might be called the home opener. Yeah. Or the 10th, or the 11th, or yeah. the 12th. Well, no one's coming to town on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, so that will kind of be interesting to see how much people will turn up that early in the season yeah, on a weekday. A whole bunch of people wearing red. There will be. There will be. But... Uh, so that might mean you know, good things for you as far as uh, saving a couple bucks uh, in your wallet with Game Time tickets. Again, 15 million folks. Game Time is great, dude. It's, I, it's awesome. I used them 10 years ago when they were first starting out. And I saw yeah. a Red Rock show for 15 bucks. Like it's, it's great. Yeah, it's great, especially if you're like if you're at the DNVR bar or you're hanging out close to the arena or an event, whatever it is. You just keep checking, and if the price is right, you go. You know what? I'm just going to jump over and go to this concert or go to this game now because the price is right. Because we're only an hour away. And if you've got tickets and you got to get rid of them, you want to get something for them, mm-hmm. lower that price, you'll find someone. Uh, it links people together. It, it's beautiful. Speaking of beauty, Fubo TV. I'm so excited to talk about Fubo TV because that's how I watch the WBC. I, I don't have like typical television and cable, and so it can be tricky for me sometimes to, to make sure I watch things or go to people's houses, staying here at the bar. But I had it right on my phone Fubo TV. It's amazing. Family dinner. We went out to eat. It was uh, my mother-in-law and my brother's uh, birthday celebration. Had the game on, you know, on my lap, checking down, keeping an eye on USA Venezuela. I'm able to do that. My father-in-law's telling me about his new impact driver. I'm watching Fubo TV, not missing out on all the action of the WBC. Uh, they've got so many channels and live sports. That's that's the big thing. 140 plus live channels of sports shows, movies, and news. Stream live TV from any device anywhere watch most colorado sports for the lowest price and right now they got a cool free seven-day trial no contract no cable no hassle just sign up and start watching they got a thousand hours of cloud dvr included with no extra charge i've actually uh, we were talking about this I'm watching the dana carvey show from back in 1996 it lasted one season eight episodes it's amazing. A young Steve Carell and uh, young Stephen Colbert was on it. Louis C.K. was one of the head writers. He pops up once in a while. It's just like this hidden gem of alternative comedy from the mid-90s that was, uh, I don't know, controversial. But it's different. It's unique. Fubo's got all kinds of really cool things like that. Yeah. Those dudes feel like they were probably too early in 1996. They were. Well, the first episode is called, like, the uh, the Taco Bell Dana Carvey Show. And, like, that's what it says. And then episode two is the Mug Root Beer Dana Carvey Show. And episode three is the Mountain Dew Dana Carvey Show. They yes. were just trying to, like, stick it to everybody. Uh, very interesting. All kinds of wonderful content. You can also watch Nuggets and Abs on Altitude Sports with Fubo TV. Again, use the link in the description. And you're going to save 15% when you sign up. Let's talk about Kyle Freeland. Not going to get the opening day start, but if he's starting in game two, logistically that actually means he will start the home opener. Uh, did think that maybe he had a shot at getting the opening day start, but uh, last year... Which one do you think he cares about more? 
I honestly think he would care more about the home opener. So I, 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 I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I did talk with him in spring training about it. I said, you know, just off the record of like, hey, uh, you and Herman have two. And he's like, you know what? It's fine. Herman is, is, is also really, you know, uh, worthy of that. Um, but, you know, and I kind of intimated like, well, I mean, you're going to be around here for a few more years. So he can get to three first. You can get to four first. And he laughed. He's like, yeah, I, you know, I kind of like that idea. So you, you could see that, you know, because at the beginning of last year, it started out with a nice contract extension, five years, $64.5 million extension to stick around in Colorado. Then he went out and had kind of a typical Kyle Freeland season, got off to a rough start. I think the, the contract, you know, might have put a little pressure on him because they weren't able to get it done before the start of the season. But what were your thoughts and what were your takeaways on what Kyle Freeland was able to do last year? Was it kind of typical Kyle Freeland? And is that okay? I mean, I've, I felt like, I mean, you mentioned it was a rough start, right? But I felt like he settled in after that. And I yeah. felt like it, it wasn't like Cy Young contending Kyle Freeland. Sure. I don't know that we'll ever see that again. Right. Um, but I, I felt good about what they got out of Freeland and, if I could take, even with a slow start, I mean, if I if you could just take last year, copy and paste it over into this year, I think I think you're okay with that. Um, I think that the pressure is on uh, him and Herman to have better seasons than that, um, because there's just not a lot behind them right now. Sure. And because of that, I think there is pressure on them to be way better than that. And there's pressure on them, I think. To post, like to to start, you know, Freeland started 31 games last year, yeah, uh, which is really obviously really valuable. Uh, only 21 pitchers in MLB, you know, made more starts last year. So mm-hmm. just going out there and, and and being healthy is is really critical. Yeah, I mean, availability is such an important and underrated skill. It's the best um, ability, you know. But if it if we if they can get that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, four five three ERA is kind of similar to what he did the previous two years, where he had a four three three ERA. So, yeah. uh, really good, you know, especially after that rough Would start. Be amazing to see that thing get under four, but. And I, and I think it could happen for him again. You don't you think about having a, a sub four ERA in Colorado, and you're like, yeah, exactly, man, exactly, that's ace type stuff. And you go in. Everywhere else in the world, it's not. It's like, oh, that's just uh, you know, mm-hmm. slightly above average. So again, the the numbers don't really tell, you know, the the entire truth. He did have the most wins above replacement, two, I think two point four according to Baseball Reference. So the highest on the staff. So you know, he's he's leading that young group as he's now. You know, he's twenty nine today. Uh, I think his his birthday's in May, where he'll turn thirty. So this will actually be his age thirty season. You know, now he's kind of oh that God, bridge. Kyle Freeland is 30, man. Yeah. That is ridiculous. He's getting there. He's, is he going to have to get some tattoos removed now since you're over 30 or just embrace it even more? Go full body. No, you should get more as you age. Okay. So so he's in a good, he set himself up for success yeah. in the 30s. Then. He needs more tattoos. Another yeah. tattoo, maybe, you know, knock a couple of runs off of, that, off of his season. There you go. That that could be the secret to it. Yeah, yeah. But he's now now a veteran, obviously leading these young guys. Really, Ryan Feltner's that that only young guy right now. But with the uh, with the rest of the young guys coming up in the organization, Jaden Hill, Gabriel Hughes, you know, Chris McMahon, if he can get healthy, Sam Weather, all those guys, they're going to look to Kyle Freeland to kind of bridge that gap. And Joe say, Rock. Joe Rock. He's my favorite. He's another good one. Yeah. Le- another left hander, right? Yeah. You like that? A lanky guy. So. 
Um, you know, I think it's important for, for Kyle to just kind of continue to do what he's doing, be Mr. Consistency, and I think that's yeah. okay if we don't see glimpses of that 2018, you know, Cy Young Award contender. Yeah, it, really, like, if we just accept that that was a huge anomaly for what his career is going to be, yeah, stop trying to hold him to that. It's probably fair for expectations uh, and what's what would be realistic for him. Because um, trying to hold him to that every year is just like, yeah, you're going to end up disappointed. Is there? Do you like uh, ERA or wins above replacement as kind of a better indicator of how successful a pitcher was? Because uh, you know, it's a little bit harder here in Colorado. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, there's there's all the tools for that. You know, the, the ERA plus. The F, yeah, the the FIP. I, I do like one. FIP and I like XFIP. Yeah. But if but if we're saying wins above replacement, do you see Kyle Freeland? having a better season, wins above replacement-wise, than Herman Marquez. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I, I actually would I actually would say that as, as well. I think we were both on the same page. Freeland probably yeah. maybe got the edge as far as the opening day start. Um, it's fine that it's Marquez now, but we both yeah. thought Freeland because of, of what, he, what he did last year. He was the best starter in the yeah. rotation. Well, not and, the best and, upside. He's not, he doesn't have that no-hit potential. Yeah. But he's he's their he's their ace. I think he's I think he's just the he's the can, the more consistent of them and he's way less reliant on missing bats to be yeah. successful. True. Whereas if if Herman is not in the zone and he doesn't have his best stuff, he gets shelled too often. Um there's like his bad days are bad. And uh with Freeland, I think there's just a it's just a more consistent you know, groove. Yeah. Um where he he gets by with a lot of different he gets by with a lot of different avenues of success and with Herman it's I'm going to overpower you or I'm going to get overpowered and that's it's it's kind of feast or famine with him sure so um, I usually would tend to prefer the Freeland type in that situation he had uh, Freeland had five starts of seven innings or more uh, one he gave up no runs one one two and then four runs in one of those outings it'll be interesting to see if the pitch clock you know, allows for pitchers to go deeper in games and to save that bullpen. Because again, I think Kyle Freeland gets that. I think he understands like, hey, you know what? We need some innings today. Uh, bullpen needs a rest. So maybe my focus is to go long rather than to be effective and, and dominate early and, and get yeah. whatever content. So you can see that that big picture. You know, he is uh, a thinker in that way. So uh, I, I think we'll see him actually have more outings of seven innings or more this season, partially because of that pitch clock. I hope so. Yeah. All right. Ryan McMahon, Ellie Harris, Montero. They're yeah. not both third basemen. I mean, they are, but they aren't. Sort of. Sort yeah. of. Yeah. Ryan McMahon's going to be playing second base this year. Montero should be filling his shoes there uh, at third base. Thought that would be a good way to kind of link those two guys together, yeah. especially after the loss of Brendan Rodgers at second base. Um, what would have been your thoughts just in general about? About a combo. I know McMahon and Rodgers, you probably would have liked a little bit more than McMahon and Montero. Mm -hmm. But I still think there's a lot of juice there to be excited about a McMahon and Montero combination at second and third base. Yeah, and, and you like that you're going to really get an idea of what you have with Montero this year. Um, you're going to you're going to really get to answer a question of, okay, what, you know. Because before before the Rodgers injury, it was, it was, you like Montero, but where does he play? You want to see what he's got, but you're, you're not going to play him on at first base over CJ Crone. No, you know, he, he wasn't going to play a third over McMahon. So, 
uh, at least the, like the one like bright side out of out of the whole Rogers thing is that you are going to get to figure out what you have with Eloris Montero this year. Um, it, as you said, it's not as good a combination as McMahon and Rogers would have been, but you know, maybe it ends up being just as good, right? Sure. Like maybe because we know defensively that McMahon's got the goods and yeah. he can play a high level. Um, and uh, the bat will play better at second base. Like you'll, you know, right? Hey, if you're gonna be a 98 OPS plus guy every single year, you can do that. You can get away with it a lot better at second base than third base. Yeah, DJ LeMahieu uh, as a second baseman was considered, you know, a top 10 mm-hmm. second baseman. You put him over at third base, and you go, you eh, might be in the top 15. Like that's just. Again, the, the the offensive numbers are, yeah. are, are different. The profiles are yep. different. Uh, I think McMahon, you know, I could see him, you know, end up playing a little bit at, at third base this year. I think that's one of the reasons why my hot take for McMahon is he's going to win a gold glove. It might not necessarily be at second base. It could be at the new utility spot, right? Yeah. Now they've got that. So I think yeah. that's actually going to help him out a little bit. You can easily see that, I mean, you know, with you give Montero days off or, you know, right. however they want however they want sure. to work it, you know, because it's uh, – Whatever, whatever they want to do at second base, you know. Yeah, yeah. You could I guess, see. I guess, technically, Mike Mustakas is hanging around. I know uh, that one. I don't think will happen. But <laughs> Trejo at second, Castro at second, oh, McMahon can go to third base. Um, and talking about Montero, you know, his numbers at AAA were great. And Bud Black has said it multiple times that he's got nothing left to prove at at AAA, and yeah. that's one of the reasons why he needs to stay on the big league roster. And again, his growth, you know, might might uh, get stunted just a little bit if he's on the bench. Probably not going to happen now, obviously, uh, as we said. But yeah. um, hit 310 in the Pacific Coast League, which is nice. 15 homers, 54 RBI. And you go, yeah, it's Pacific Coast League. Did that in only 65 games. So that's that's pretty darn good. And, and he still, when he got to the majors, this is a thing I think that gets overlooked uh, just a little bit. Because, you know, he only had 176 at-bats. He had a 432 slugging percentage last year. Yeah, of the fo- doubles. Yeah, 15 of them. Uh, I want to say maybe... Five home runs? Six. It was either four or six, and I went with the middle number. Uh, Six home runs. The thing with his 432 slugging percentage, of the 14 Rockies who had at least 180 plate appearances, only Chris Bryant and C.J. Crone had a better slugging percentage than El Harris Montero. So he's got that pop, and and now he's going to get an opportunity to play, and and we'll get a chance to see just how high that potential can reach. Yeah, contact is the problem. Um, Because when he makes contact, he he makes contact. He makes it count. (laughs) Uh, but I mean, you're talking about a, a, a strikeout to walk ratio last year. That's not good. No. Um, he had what, like eight walks last year or something like that. Like, it's got to improve. It, yes. it was just, he doesn't, he didn't do enough deep in counts. He doesn't work counts very well. He doesn't, the, you know, all that stuff that you get with big league experience, you know, where you, you understand how to handle yourself in different situations was, was really lacking. It was, it was just that, that level of polish. Right. And polish is what keeps you in the big leagues. It's not always the most talented guys. It's the guys who understand how to be the most consistent, how to how to have the the you know how to level off here and not go through the extremes. Because if there's one thing that is true across all major sports is that coaches hate guys that ride the roller coaster. They want consistent. They will take a lower uh, a lower ceiling player, a lesser talented player. But one that has a higher floor that the guy gets to on a regular basis, because when you watch Montero having a great day, you're like, oh my gosh, look at this guy! I mean, the guy just kills the ball. Yeah, 
you know, he's, he's going to have really high exit velocities and he's going to, he's going to barrel up a lot of balls, but what, what is he doing to be productive and to be an impact guy and to keep and and, and to be a, a productive member of your offense when he's not on his best day? Can he work a count? Can he take extra pitches? You know, can he, can he work a walk right now? The answer is no. And uh, coming into this year, I would say the answer is no. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to like discount his season, obviously, but that's that the, like, those are my concerns with him is what does he do? Uh, you know, how does, how does he develop in those areas of the game? Because you have to feel encouraged about the power profile that yeah, he can, he can barrel up a baseball pretty well. And when you put Ryan McMahon at second, like one of the things of, that you're not going to lose with the with the Rodgers to McMahon tr- transition is that you are going to continue to get 20 home runs. You know, you are going to get a power profile uh, out of your second baseman and not, you know, your classic like slick fielding six sure. home run guy, you know, or, you know, nothing, nothing Luis like Castillo. that. I, yeah. think the, I think the other concern with Montero, of course, is is the defense at, at third base. It can that's be bad. Area that. It goes beyond just lacking polish. Um, you know, he only had 24 games at third base last year and 16 at first. So, I mean, you know, there, there's going to be those opportunities for him to go over to first base, and that's where maybe, again, where McMahon's at third base. So we'll keep an eye on yeah. uh, him defensively. McMahon, you know... Um, well, Montero's a great candidate for your DH spot as well. If yeah. you're trying to keep him in the He's lineup, hitter-ish. but, you know, you're not... <laughs> yeah. You don't, because you are concerned about his ability to to handle third base defensively on yeah. a regular basis. And it and it does sound that does sound like he'll get the start on on opening day and the, the one thing about it though is that you really want him to figure that out because right. you have so many candidates for first base elsewhere. Yeah. That oh this guy couldn't handle it. So we have to like dump him here. That's not what you want to do there. You Yeah. You want to get you getting stuck. Right. what ends up happening. Right, yeah. because, I mean, you do have a Michael Tolia hanging around. You know, you do have a Graham Levine on the way, and, and among others, like, there are a handful of guys that in your organization that you kind of can look at and say, I could play first base for you at some yeah. point. Hunter Goodman might even be in that conversation. Oh, that's the other one. All right, so with Ryan McMahon, you know, he kind of got stuck through the first four months of the season. I think he was feeling the pressure of uh, of his contract extension. And then finally, April 1st, he had a big meeting with uh, Bud Black. Not a big meeting, but just to sit down, just a conversation. It wasn't a big deal, but they had a talk, and it worked. He started hitting on April 1st uh, in that trade deadline series in San Diego from August 1st to the end of the year, 271, 12 homers, 500 slugging percentage. We talked about ability being the greatest, uh, or rather availability being the greatest ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, 305 games for Ryan McMahon over the last two years, 28th most in MLB. Go back to the start of the 2019 season, uh, which includes the pandemic season in 2020. 497 games played, tw- tied for 21st most. Mm-hmm. So he's healthy. He's there. He's putting up numbers. The real question I got for you, AJ, is are we are we going to see another level from Ryan McMahon? It, it's in there, but are we are we ever going to see it? I mean, you're talking about a guy that's a three or four win player right now, you know? Like, yeah. That's still good. And a lot of value. Like, yeah, there's, that's plenty of value there. Um, you know, just like a solid big league player. Can he take a leap to maybe being above average? At second base, maybe. Uh, but I, I guess, I guess for me, I'm just not going to continue to dream, you know, the one thing he's you're talking about 
had almost 1200 at bats the last two years. Um, that's fair. Um, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm more into the acceptance stage of Ryan McMahon's career of who he is. I'm fine with who he is. I'm not asking him to continue to, uh, raise that level because they paid for a certain player. They're getting that player. I think he's fairly compensated. You know, he's a quality guy. It's fine. Um, I, I, I'm not overly excited about, like, I, I'm not like over the moon, like, oh, this is it. This is the breakout. Sure. Um, that, that was kind of last year. Last yeah. year was that year. He's still only 28, yeah. you know, to be fair. So we, we still could see that. But I think the hope is, you know, for any player with his ability, you go, oh, man, he, he has that all-star potential. He can get out there. But yeah. can you do it consistently where you go, well, this is that player. <sighs> this is him. Um, that I don't know that we'll see, but I still think there's at least yeah. one all-star appearance. I mean, you, know, you mentioned, you career. mentioned 12 home runs starting on August 1st. And yeah. Like, and it's like, that's salvaged his season statistically. Otherwise yeah. you were looking at it and you were like, what a nightmare this is. We paid, we paid for this guy and he didn't give us anything, that, yeah. anything close to what we thought we were getting. Um, to me, that's, he salvaged it, but also like it's a pretty big concern that it needed that level of salvation in the in the, to begin with. True, um, because you just can't have one of the few guys that you're like, this is a big league regular for us. This is a guy that we are relying on. We know what we're getting, and then have him turn around and just be okay. Forty home runs is maybe it's not that hot of a take, but between McMahon and Montero, forty home runs. Are you, are you going? Are you going to go forty five? Are you going to pit me on that? Are you going to go fifty? I mean, I don't want to price his right to you on this, but uh, if you don't get 40 out of him, I think you're really disappointed. Yeah, it's not that high. It should take. really, it should really be closer. Like, you're really trying to find a way to get to 50 between those two guys. Like, it, yeah, it, I'm gonna if, say 50. If I'm they 50. are like 50, 50 should be your baseline. I think expectation of they've had, they've proven themselves uh, in in a quality year. Like 40 should be your like. If these guys don't give you 40, you failed. You know you're getting 40. So 50 is the number yeah. you're, you're shooting. You for. really want to, between those two, you really do want to see 50. All right. Well, you have proved yourself, AJ. <laughs> you, you know your stuff. We'll, we'll talk prospects again this year. I'll do some post game shows. Yeah. Have you back on. The return of AJ will just, return. Just let me talk again. about Joe Rock and Jaden Hill. Joe Rock and Zach Veen. I mean, Zach, the Veen dream lives. So Veen dream, man. Veenzilla, the Veen machine. He, he still guy. needs a nickname. We still need something. I mean, draft day was being dream. I'm, that's all it is for me. Yep. Just gonna, gonna continue to dream on that guy being MVP version of Cody Bellinger. Are you when when he uh, is scheduled to make his debut? Are you going to that first game at Coors to see him? Like it's like, hey, this Thursday he's making his uh, MLB debut. Probably not. I don't. I, I just don't have that kind of time <laughs> right okay. now. Right now. Okay. Um. You know, we'll see. We've got all the time uh, on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies at Patrick D Lyons is where I'm at on Twitter at return of AJ. And again, all the, all the great written content and uh, the DNVR avalanche podcast. Uh, make sure you check that out um, because it's five days a week. So much content mm. and uh, it's just getting started Sometimes for you guys. Six. Sometimes six. There you go. Uh, that's the magic number. This has been great. It's been wonderful. Uh, but you know what they say about the momentum you build on any given podcast. It's only as good as your next show. So we will talk to you on Monday, as always, at 11 a.m. on the DNVR Sports Channel on YouTube.